this is Naomi Grossman, best known as Pepper from American Horror Story. You are listening to the Creepy Crap Podcast. Hey, this is Luke Mishra from the movie 1BR. I produced the film along with a lot of other lovely people. You are listening to the Creepy Crap Podcast. Don't stop listening or else. This program is intended for mature audiences. Parental discretion is advised. Like, he's there, but he's bad, and he's evil, and everything else, but he's still good. The dingo's got my baby! Oh, I can tell you, then I'd have to kill you. We all enjoy our veggie right for breakfast, lunch, and tea. You've just tuned in to the Creepy Crap Podcast, the Australian horror podcast hosted by Daniel Craig. So it's time to pour yourself a glass of rainwater from the top end, grab a few shrimp off the barbie, and let's start the show. Welcome, Creepy Crap to the Creepy Crap Podcast, the Australian horror podcast hosted by me, Daniel Craig. And today we've got a great guest episode, and we're talking about 1BR, the new movie. And we've got today, we've got the producer, we've got Alok Mishra, and I've got one of the starlets, Naomi Grossman, who you may remember from a little show called American Horror Story. Yes, she's on here with Alok Mishra, and here we are, the Creepy Crap Podcast, Australia's favorite horror podcast. So thank you so much for coming on. Aww. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you for this opportunity. This is so cool. The exclusive people who got to see the movie. I feel like first in the country, I guess. Well, yes. I mean, except for the guys at Monster Fest last year who were we premiered. So, you know, we did a couple screenings over there. So that that was the place we actually premiered. But uh, yeah, coming out this coming Monday. Uh, I don't know when it's going to air, but Monday, uh, November 2nd, it is. Come out on Sunday. So I'll make sure it's just before it. So people get the hype and all the Australians are like, what? <laughs> Hopefully, you know, I think there's a lot of journalists that are writing articles about it right now we made some friends when we were out there last time and i think some of them are going to redo their articles and some of them are going to do interviews and different things like that oh, were you at the monster fest last year i actually flew all the way there I, I went from england from london to melbourne which is pretty much one of the worst flights you can take time-wise because you're like <laughs> yeah. in the air like 30 hours or something 30 something hours i want to say did you it's go from pretty... england to australia what i did is i'll be honest like i'm a bit of a miles horse i had a bunch of like airline miles and i, I wasn't using anything to do like first class or anything like that but then i saw that flight and it was so dreadful it was the only flight that i actually paid like you know used like my miles to do a business class ticket and the only way i could do it was to um to fly in through bali i had to lay over for a day and a half just because that's the way it was and then i got to you know i got to melbourne so it was like a nice little breakup (laughs) i was sitting in infinity pool that was awesome then i got to melbourne and we had a great time there you know the audiences really enjoyed it the only thing though is that our movie was called one br and uh in Australia, they have no idea what that means. It's basically a real estate abbreviation for, you know, one a one bedroom, a one bedroom apartment. And the yeah. funny thing is we, you know, we always assumed everyone knew what that meant, like in the English speaking world. <laughs> but in England, they had no yeah. fucking idea. And then also in, in Australia, they had no idea. When people would ask us in the Q&A, well, what does the title mean? Like, okay, we clearly have no idea. So we actually end up having to change the title of the movie to Apartment 1BR for both uh, the UK and Australia. And everywhere else it's 1BR, <laughs> except for Japan, where it is called, uh, what is it, Naomi? Can you, can you remember? Mad house. But actually, actually, that's Skip not the apartment true. I, I just, I just found out tonight. <laughs> I didn't even realize this, but because they never tell us things, we just launched in Germany as well, like October fifteenth. And so I don't even know, you know what was going on. But there, we're called the apartment. Welcome to the nightmare. <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh, <laughs> all right. So Germany's whole, whole next level. Yeah. Like <laughs> I just know, I you know. I, I've not been 
to Monster Fest, but uh, I, I have been to Oz Comic Con in Melbourne, my bad, Thanks. which was fabulous. <laughs> I mean, it was in this gin ginormous- Like a function uh, center or something? Yes, thank you. I have been quarantined so long that I have literally started to lose speech. Big words <laughs> that I don't use on a regular basis. Um, I mean, Alok is like the only person I ever talked to. Uh, no, but yeah, it was like a giant convention center and it was probably the fanciest, biggest, coolest convention center I've ever seen in my life in Melbourne. Um, and that's, you know, where this Oz was. It was fabulous. They Basically, like on our breaks, they would like give us like koalas to pet. And I was like, wait, oh. am I getting gonorrhea? <laughs> like, if I'm gonna get gonorrhea, I wanna get it. Like, it, it, it'd be a the little more fun. Way. Yeah. <laughs> no, but truly, like, they had massages for us on the breaks. They were like, oh, you've traveled so far, you must be exhausted. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, I like I just, that. I'm I pretty sure you could only get it from koala if you have sex with them, though. So I think you yeah, hopefully oh, really? you should be safe. <laughs> okay, then I'm safe. Then I'm safe. No, but Germany, I'm thrilled to hear this that 1BR is in Germany because, oh my God, they are whole next level horror fans. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, if, if I've been to one Comic Con that was awesome in Australia, I've been to five in Germany. And let me tell you, when those people do cosplay, they don't just dress up as like the, you know, <laughs> he's a bit of face hot, paint. Yeah, no, no, no. No, no, no. These people, they're not like the purge people or whatever, just or Jason or Freddy. These guys like dress up as the human centipede. Like I'm oh. like, <laughs> it's like whole next level cosplay. And they commit. They will wander around eating out of each other's you know what's for the day in diapers. That is amazing. I'm telling you. I'm anyway, I'm just saying this is great news alone. This is great news. Well, I mean, that's, you yeah, want yeah, your I'm horror movie in Germany. You want your horror movie in Germany. Well, listen, they were, they, they were one made of the first people. Yeah, they were the, yeah. the first people who like wanted to buy the rights, you know, for, for the world and whatever it was. So yeah, we're there and it's, we're, we're going to announce it tomorrow. But, uh, but let's think about Australia, our friends in Australia, <laughs> yes. because they're, they're the ones that are going to be opening on Monday. Yeah. So what about this movie? Was it that drew you in in the first place? You want to go? Yeah. I was going to say, should I answer for Alok and Alok can answer for me? We've done Let's so, so many used to this question. We can game. literally we'll like answer each other. Listen, Alok, you you first. Although, you know, if you get tired or right, forget okay. a part, As... I'll type you and then I'll do okay. me. All right. My wife is high school, went to high school with David Marmar, the writer-director, his manager, Allard Cantor, uh, who has a partner, Jared Murray, and they have a company called Epicenter. And so she went to high school with Allard and, you know, he's like, let's have lunch. And we had one of those like douchebag lunch lunches you have in LA where you talk about yourselves and what projects you're working on and and uh you know at the end of the conversation he said he's gonna send me two scripts which I never read for six months I didn't read these scripts because I'm a bastard and really to be honest and fair, fairness to myself I was actually busy on another project and I was about to start something it's and, a power move yeah I mean we'll get it right that's what I was thinking no no I wasn't thinking I was just just really just hell and a half so many hours a day so that project fell through and I got freaked out and I just started reading like you know 30 scripts in a month trying to find something and I was really drawn to um David Marmer's script one bedroom and we set up a meeting. We, you know, liked each other. We had the same sensibilities. He's a super sweet guy, great heart. And also like, I mean, super smart guy. He'll never, you know, talk about it, but he went to Harvard and like started a video game company, like right out of school and then it got sold to Activision. So he's like, ah, I made a little money. I'm going to go back to school for directing at USC. And, he, you know, Too successful. yeah, I mean, he's like a smart guy and, you know, he'd only done shorts. He's the first time, you know, writer director. And, uh, you know, we're, we were first time producers. My, my producing partner, Shane Borster, myself, I've called Malevolent Film, sorry, called 
of my level and three I mean, this is why I suggested to, I'm just kidding. So you can tell my story. Anyway, no, no, the, so we have a company and before we did this, you know, got started producing films, we did market research for film. We tested movies for a living. So when you hear about test screenings and so forth, that's what we did. So we had an interesting, different kind of perspective than most producers, you know, have going into the business and stuff. And so we had a missive that we wanted to make elevated horror movies. And so, you know, we were first time producers. He was a first time director, writer. What could go wrong? Everything. It, Daniel's not wrong. We did win all kinds of, I mean, it all worked out in the end. It was uh, quite a tumultuous journey, yes, as it were. Indeed. But yeah, we had a lot of things that went wrong, but we can go into that as we go along. But uh, but that's how I was, I came into the project. Well, Alok and I met 20 years ago. He's native Angelino. When he, high school friends with one of my best friends from college. And so when I moved out here for after school, you know, I was basically Sarah in the movie. Like I didn't have any friends and I was just like, <laughs> you know, looking for a one bedroom. Story. And uh, essentially, I mean, it's very relatable for people who've moved to LA. We've all been there. But anyway, basically her friends became my friends. Um, she introduced me to Alok and, you know, little did I know I've been like networking with Hollywood all this time. Um, but <laughs> so, you know, in the meantime, like I've been through my own little career journey and it just so happened. The horror's kind of Alok's love and it, horror loves me. It all kind of worked out. When he came to casting this movie, he obviously uh, thought of me since, you know, we have a relationship. And and I was, of course, I read the script and loved it. This was probably like in like May. 2017 May. Oh yeah, that. sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, I was curious about that. I saw the elbow bump in one scene. I was like, oh, they called it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Two and a half year, uh, years ago now. I remember reading the script and thinking, you know, the, the bones were there. Like the blueprint was super solid. I mean, just like Alok said, David's really strong writer and filmmaker in general. So the uh, point is I was on board. Then like cut to November, December of that year, Alok's like, hey, we got an audition for you. I'm like, audition? I'm like, you're, I don't just get an offer? Like, Formality, really? obviously. Well, yeah, that's, was. it was. But I didn't know that. I just know I've been on, <laughs> you know, I got lines to memorize. And uh, not only that, but I had to deliver them with Alok himself, which easier said than done. Let me tell you, this is the man who, if you play Drunken Trivial Pursuit with him, I swear to God, you can know all the you can know all the answers. The way he'll read the questions, like you'll start to question yourself. You'll be like, <laughs> "Did I hear that right? Did he, like trick. that's his trick?" And it's like when we were in this audition, he was like, "How can I trick her?" You know what I mean? I'm like, "Dude, we're not playing Trivial Pursuit. Help me out." I mean, uh, <laughs> is it like pretend we're not friends for five minutes? In my yeah. Industry, in, in my defense this is stuff that normal producers don't have to do when you're an independent producer you wear many hats let me just say that and so i was thrust into reading this stuff with her and you know i commit to lines of memory and i was just reading them i thought i'm reading them okay <laughs> but apparently i was is trying it... to like you know fuck up naomi grossman's like chances in this movie apparently which no 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 it was just to be david i, I want to think it was just, it was all that's all it was it was just to you know make sure that you know he thought you were good and we were going to take it no matter what like it was kind of the thing he's absolutely right and uh, it's so love honestly Alok did everything for this movie short of playing Janice like he literally <laughs> he was doing everything from like his mom was cooking for the craft services one day like they brought in Indian food one point he literally like drove across town to go look for feminine energy drinks for uh, one of the actresses that was you know lined up to work with us at the time um, which is like <laughs> 
parents exactly it's marketed pretty and they have like fun names like fun spiritual names or some shit oh, okay <laughs> but the point is like he's absolutely right there would normally be some little like minion hired to like do this sort of bs Monkey and work. but you know a low low budget indie filmmaking they gotta do it however they can do it and it's really lovely i mean let me tell you for a good time watch one br and drink every time you see a loke <laughs> I'm not even kidding, but drink very conservatively. It's a tight 90 minutes. It's a quick movie as but well. It's good. good pace. You're going to see a lot of our producer. The truth of the matter is, is that we had all these extras that are our friends and family. And invariably, those are the people that will like let you down and they wouldn't show up or something. <laughs> and they'd be like, all right, you got to get back in there. And I'm like, fuck, I want to watch fucking movie from Video Village and make sure everything's going all right. I don't feel like I'm going to be, you need to get in the, you need to get in the shot. Like, okay, fuck. And they'd be like, why are you wearing stuff with logos on it? Why do you do this every day? And I'm like, because I don't think I'm going to be in a fucking movie. Like, my, my producing partner, Shane and I are actually movers number one and movers number two. And you'll see us in the background just moving shit all the time. That's what we do. <laughs> and, and then we have another producer, Allard, um, you know, who's David's manager, aforementioned manager. He's also producing the film. Uh, he's he's just lurking around all the all the way. Like he's always around the corner, like lurking and stuff. And like <laughs> so he's he's lurker number was like his title or whatever. But you will invariably see all of this. I mean, fucking David Marmer's parents are in the movie. His pregnant wife was in the movie, and then we had to go back and do reshoots, so we had to get like, a fake pregnant stomach to be in. <laughs> like everyone. There. I wondered that with that. A lot of the people didn't look filmed like for the sake of like, can we film here and then you're allowed to be in it just for the sake of being an extra or something like that? Can we film in your apartment? Some of them, apart from like the main cast, just like you said, just look like they just live there and they're just sort of coming out. Well, we filmed in an actual functioning apartment and the people looked, that lived there were really nice. And some of them wanted to be in the movie. So there's like maybe two or three of them that are in the movie. So that's all on the outside stuff, right? The, all the inside stuff's actually a set. Oh, there's really? one oh. set that just kept on redressing like every night so everything you see that's an interior like whether it's Miss Stanhope's apartment or whether it's Sarah's apartment or whether it's like the you know torture room thing and or you know all that's an interior it's a it's at a soundstage we had a really great production wow. designer Ricardo Chaton who just would just come in there and they have an army not, not an army but like you know 10 people staying up all night to just change shit like you come to set yeah. the next day and like, oh it's different okay you cool. would never guess yeah. that from watching it you would just assume it was identical layout to the rooms or something yeah that's exactly what, that's what it was fooled us <laughs> <laughs> good work now Naomi can I ask you a quick question what is it like being like one of the most clickbaitable pitches for years it's always the photo of pepper sort of thing and then it was like see the the actress behind it and all that like did you ever see those links yeah what yeah was it like going everywhere. from that to being your real self i never like question sorry no i was loving it i mean i was hoping that you might i mean i'm just listening to your accent i'm mesmerized but <laughs> no i was hoping that you would be maybe even quote like talk about like how what is it like being like so attractive and playing such a that, unattractive oh. character I, that's what i I thought going you were going to say, say that. that's I why sure I let you kept going I was like <laughs> okay okay we're getting there stunning no. was always one of the words I think <laughs> I will say like I am not an actress that ever tried to be pretty I, I mean I'm not saying listen I mean I obviously like you know you for, yeah, that then. that's really something in COVID times like lipstick wow <laughs> why are you getting <laughs> crazy I guess what I'm saying is I have always like embraced really you know characters I mean there are actresses who literally just want to be pretty and I'm not 
not one of them. I want to play a character. And yeah, being pretty, I mean, I'd much rather be pretty in real life and ugly on, you well, know I what I mean? I think that's what I it mean, built up at least. It was always like, look how beautiful she is compared to this. I'm like, that's not a real person. <laughs> like, it, was a love, it was lovely how it all came about. Because like I said, I never been told I was so beautiful until I played the ugliest person on TV, but I'm not mad at it. Hey, <laughs> that's a nice, happy coincidence. Go ahead. I was going to say two things. One, Nami will not tell you this, but this is, this is a fact. She has been like the number one person, like most looked up person on IMDb, like in the world, like the number one, like twice. I mean, it's, it's really because what you're talking oh, about. Wow. Like, nobody can believe that like she looks this good looking compared to like being Pepper, right? So everyone yeah. always like whenever, whenever that she's on a season, she's like the number one looked up person in the world. She's, I've seen that like the little plaque in her house, you know? I've <laughs> definitely done that. <laughs> so, so, so there's that. That was one fact. Second fact is that, you know, we did, we shot for 15 days initially. We had to come back and do some reshoots because we weren't satisfied with certain things going on. Now there it is right there. Boom. Look at that. Boom. Believe it's it. It's the IMDb, <laughs> IMDb Star Meter Award Top 10 Star of 2014. That's uh, so cool. <laughs> so there's that. But then when we did the reshoots, we had four days of reshoot and we, you know, it was hard getting like the band back together, so to speak, because all our actors are fantastically working and everything. And only time we could get everybody back together was September. So we shot 2017 December, right? And then we shot the reshoots September of 2018, right? Oh, okay. The only week we could get together with everybody was the week of the Emmy. And it just so happened that Amy Grossman had been nominated for an Emmy. Like, How often does this happen in your life, right? Despite that, she still came I'm back and did the movie. Back. Well, it was the thing where we were just like, you know, Naomi, we squandered you. We needed to have, you know, <laughs> this movie should have been called The Janice Chronicles. I don't even know why we dealt with a Sarah girl. But really, you know, <laughs> this is what it was. And she's like, well, God damn it, Mishra, I'll come back for your little movie. I won't go to that gifting, <laughs> that gifting suite and get a free trip to Barbados. I will come back and work for so little money it's beneath me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here, darlings. <laughs> That's right. And no, but to be honest, she voice. did it. She did it and she was a champ and she was really sweet to do it. That's what I'm going to tell you about Naomi Grossman. She has character. She is a character, but she has character. And she came back and did our little movie and helped us out in the biggest way. And just being in the movie helped us out, to be honest, because I mean, you know, we paying her much compared to what she deserves for sure. And she did it as a favor. And thankfully, you know, I think all the pieces came together and, and it was actually successful. And she said, she said this many times before that, you know, we had a good blueprint. Her dad's an architect. You have a good blueprint and you you know, you can have a possibility of building a good house. You know, it depends on the execution, mm. right? Like anything else. But that's that's what I will tell you about Naomi Grossman. Super popular and also super humble and came back and did our movie, even though she was nominated for an Emmy and could have gone to like really fun fucking parties, but had to come back for like, you know, three of those days and nights to like, you know, be Janice again. You that still squandered me. No, it's okay. <laughs> I, well, I mean, hey, at least you're still alive. That's all I'm going to say, right? Uh, that's you know, true. No, I knew we were working on something good. I knew that this was not... A uh, this wasn't some like director's reel or like you know shitty shorts film like this could be a thing and I I'm glad I had that foresight because it it was I didn't even realize it was low budget or like an indie sort of thing it doesn't come off that at all you just kind of assume it's like a big one just in a smaller location or when you said that no, before I was like all, what we had a really we had a really great cinematographer everyone we kind of surrounded ourselves with was like a real pro like we were first time people but like you know David Bowen who did the cinematography was amazing and had just different great ideas 
ideas and him and him and uh, David Marmer really meshed really well together. So, so the, the production design like looked very like you didn't know that was the inside of a studio. You thought it was the house, you know, our apartment, yeah. there, you know, and then we had other elements like the sound, which is so important in horror movies. And like my uh, high school buddy slash college roommate from USC uh, who like works on does the sound for like, you know, is it turns the sound for like Alice in Wonderland and like 21 <laughs> Jump Street or, you know, all those kinds of movies like did my movie for like no money. I mean, he's going to get money eventually one day when we all get paid. <laughs> but I mean, he did it for I nothing. Promises. I mean, he, he snuck us on to the lot at Sony, like on the weekends to like mix the thing and do different things. And, you know, oh, wow. I mean, it took us a long time to do post-production, but when you don't have money, and you're doing favors, it takes a lot of time. So we basically had finished doing the reshoots in, in September and we did literally didn't finish the movie until July when we were going to premiere at Fantasia Fest. But that's probably getting ahead of ourselves. Anyways, that, I, I want to put that out there. Amy Grissom's a great person. We had a lot of great people helping us out with making everything look good. And that's the reason it looks as good as you think it think great it behind does. the scenes knowledge uh, thank you what was it like playing Janice by the way she was like kind of this like initially like sweet she's the queen of the apartment I guess if that's uh, the role or whatever you want to call it you're like this sweet lady for like 15 20 minutes and then it's suddenly like hey I'm in on it <laughs> how would you describe your character in that movie well I think of her as just sort of a kind of a rule abider. You know, David and and I and the other actors for that matter talked about the fact that these people, they don't think they're doing anything bad. Like they're actually, Janice is just trying to be a good mom. Like she's just trying to impart, you know, discipline and various, you know, um, otherwise positive attributes to her daughter. And, uh, you know, these, these the four foundations or whatever, like they're, they're not bad. And, and this is something we talk about like that happens in cults often you know what I mean people drink the Kool-Aid because there's something they're getting yeah. out of it and I mean even I wonder like I am super into yoga like will not miss a day am I in a cult like I might be because <laughs> I love it and like I will not miss it and it's like it's like it's got to that it's that level for me and you know I guess what I'm saying is yes she is um kind of a I played her kind of hard but I just I see her as um kind of a letter of the law lady which and she was probably funny. a victim as well at some point she wasn't married to jerry initially is that what we kind of are meant to assume she's just hey mm. here's the wife for you and you're possibly first or after we don't know we haven't seen that maybe we need to see that in a, in a prequel i mean I, i'll watch you would probably be in it <laughs> that's true i will i'll do more than watch <laughs> Is this building up to a potential sequel? Like this is finishes off with a whole, hey, it's not just this apartment, it's everywhere. Like she finally gets out and then it's like, woo, woo, woo. All the alarms are going off. You're like, no. <laughs> is well, that the whole town slash world? It definitely has a the end or is it type of uh, ending. I'll, I'll say that. I think people want a sequel and we have some really interesting ideas for one, but we can't say anything about it because yeah. we want to sort of J.J. Abrams the shit out of that. Like, we don't want to tell you what. We're not going to tell you anything. And you're no, just going to have to cool. what's, what's in the box? Can't tell you what's in the box. Want to see what's in the box? Got to wait. <laughs> so What's in the box? <laughs> what's in the box? You know, but <laughs> the point though is that we have uh, something in the work and uh you know i think we're actually working with david on another movie that's uh, not one br for what we're doing we have another movie that we're going to shoot hopefully in march we're just trying to finish casting it right now and figure out where we're shooting it because we don't know if we can shoot it in you know the covid ravaged united states sadly uh we might have to go someplace else to shoot it so that's one thing secondly after that we're going to do um something with david again uh which we can't talk about at all but i can tell you it's even cooler than one br i can tell you that Ooh. and then uh then hopefully after that's over we come back and we shoot uh 
whatever it is if there's a sequel perhaps we'll see a lot of potential yep can go a lot of different ways but uh again it's just more fun we don't tell you you'll you'll really enjoy yeah. it and I, you know you'll, you'll see did you watch the trailer before you actually got to watch the movie or um i didn't before? i just jumped straight in i you know it's I, funny, said, we- I don't like looking up too much about movies which is bad and because sometimes you re- and you get all this hype and then you see you're like oh that's not what i pictured so i went into this completely blind and then i was shocked i was like whoa so intense and it it has such a quick pace as well it starts almost 15 20 minutes in it she doesn't go to the one party and then she wakes up to burning cat <laughs> and then in turbo I, drive I, after that you know our backgrounds we tested movies right so we actually did you know five groups of testing we did like you know 20 25 people in a group that are friends of friends and we had a total of five groups so we would show them the movie get them photo survey and then they would um we do a focus group with them. And that was very helpful in terms of understanding like, okay, one, no one wanted to see any more of the cat. Like 75% of the audience didn't <laughs> want to see anymore. And 25% of it did. I was one of those 25%, let's say, for example, who really wanted to see it. But what we discovered was that uh, the people who wanted to see it were hardcore horror fans. And uh, this movie's not it's a hardcore, hard, this movie's not a hardcore horror movie. I mean, in fact, if anything, it's sort of straddles a line of a couple different genres. It's, I would describe it really more as a psychological thriller with elements of horror, right? Right? Yeah. Um, there are certain times where we could have gone more torture porn with it, but we kind of pulled back when we got to a certain part. You know, that whole cat thing, like I really wanted to see that cat like pop out of the oven and its eye pop and, you know, do all this crazy <laughs> shit. And the director really didn't want to see it. And other producers really didn't want to see it. To the point that I was like, God damn it, I'll put five grand down to like get to do this. And then we <laughs> found it from the test screens. No one wanted no one wanted to see it. And I was like, all right. I was... You were willing to pay for the hot pussy. And even <laughs> then you didn't get it. And it wouldn't be the first time. I'm going to say. <laughs> she always manages she always manages to stick in hot pussy somewhere in the interview it happens and there you are oh you get asked this every time you have been you have been hot pussied boom like (laughs) the point of it is that the testing helped us understand two things one the cat thing two we weren't getting her into that room that torture room quickly enough originally our first act was close to 30 minutes 30 31 minutes i want to say and we just learned we need to get her in that room faster so we need to cut shit out and we just cut 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 and we have a micro cut it within scenes second here three seconds here 10 seconds there da, 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 da. we finally got it down to basically around the 21 22 minute mark is when she gets sort of captured right and yeah. so i think people are shocked at how fast that comes but they don't hate it like they, it's it, it was a perfect sort of balance of like all right wow this is really something else other than what i thought to some extent yeah. right it's refreshing and, sometimes <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, well, we, have, we have a couple different david does a very good job of like pivoting 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 like so if you look at each of the acts in the movie it's almost like if people have said they feel like almost three different movies to some extent that, that you've yeah. kind of like you know and if you don't watch a trailer you don't know any of this shit is going to happen and i think that's no, what we, so. we've heard from everyone who said i mean we worked really hard on that trailer by the way because i also used to trailer test movies and i was like we went and we put our poor um distributor uh sales agent dark sky through the paces you know they had to like we we went back and forth on this like 20 30 times like you know <laughs> that poor like trailer editor like we got his money worth out of him we find that people really enjoy them if we don't watch anything at all like about the trailer or anything like they don't see the trailer yeah. they don't know they're going cold and i think that's the best way and that's what i think i'd recommend to people because i just heard that for so many people over social media and just in you know festivals and you know different things like this different people have come up to me and just told us like listen i didn't see, know anything about the movie i was just completely surprised and but i would impart to your listenership to, that they should go in cold if they that's how i went about it and it was there's nothing this show at all there's just a girl on the cover and they just the coloring kind of makes you feel like oh maybe it's a ghostish sort of thing and she's going to get there and then it's you know she's in some other world the pace of it is good because it goes tw- like said 20 minutes in and then well if the mystery of these guys are bad is already there what is going to 
happen from here on. It's good jumping in so quick because you're like, there's way more to come now. And then, you know, now it's like, what is she going to, is she going to go? Is she going to get kidnapped? No Thank idea you. what was going on. That's awesome. That's awesome. Like, did any of you get a tattoo, the symbol or anything like that? Was there any sort of things you got to keep from the movie? <laughs> I, well, I mean, I don't have any tattoos, to be honest. So I, I don't, oh, okay. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if that's going to be the tattoo I choose to get when I choose to get one. I will be you get branded. I mean, it would be funny, <laughs> but... <laughs> I mean, I mean, no one can see it too. So it's kind of a convenient, like sort of tattoo to have. It's yeah. just for you to know, right? I guess right. I have a bunch of stuff in my garage still. I have a huge garage and I kept a lot of the party like supplies and different things that they use throughout the movie. I have Miss Stanhope's couch uh, in my house, in my, uh, in my formal dining room area. People sit on it and stuff. Uh, uh, and not because I wanted it, frankly. And they were just like, we got to put it someplace. Like I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so I had the biggest garage at the time. I might have to like, my wife might get, you know, mad one day and make me clean it out and then I'll be like you know what this will out. catch on eBay at some point well maybe when the sequel comes out I'll be like here's a keepsake from like yeah. but you know the only thing we've done and this is a little bit of a plug today um, they just um, we didn't you know, people were asking us are you going to make t-shirts or make some tchotch- some kind of tchotchke or whatever like oh, I want to collect <laughs> something and I was like the horror audience definitely likes to collect shit I'll say that we just announced today that uh, our composer Ronan Landa actually made a <laughs> um, hundred um, we, we, oh, we paid we made a hundred records like uh, album though. oh okay like, out of the music from the thing and he's like he's making all this crazy stuff where it has like an OB like it's, like, some sort of sticker on it that gives it really more value and it's a collector's item and then he's uh, giving a, a digital copy to everyone too in addition to the album because there's not enough space on the album to get the whole thing in there and like, he's it, like I'm gonna make my monies out of this <laughs> he's signing them he's signing them all too but I think he's charging like um like 44 bucks for it which I mean we're not making any money off of this we only made a hundred of them if there's a sequel or whatever edition, else, people love that I mean it, no it really is there's only, there's only a hundred and there's like you know errors on them, and so we can so we can only tell that it's a we can tell you what it is to see it's a first edition and stuff. So we made we built in little things like that. So now we just announced today uh, that, that today, and so that's going to be out there too. So that's maybe uh, something we kept or it's a keepsake of sorts that uh, on the movie. I don't think I think most of us used most of our own clothes to some extent, didn't we? Naomi? I was going to say this movie was such a low budget movie that I actually a lot of Janice's clothes were my own. Don't get me wrong, I have an insane closet, and a lot, most of them are cost. I kind of went for my most dowdy looking Karen of the HOA looking, <laughs> you know, outfits, which actually, I'll be honest, I think I've actually gotten rid of. Like, I think, you know, I, I like watched Marie Kondo one day and it was like, not giving me joy, not giving me joy. And I like, I got rid of all that stuff. The, oh my God. What if a bloke calls me for like reshoots and I'm like, ah, it didn't <laughs> give me joy, you know? Was that cowboy outfit in the slapping scene? Was that your thing? Yes. Do you still that, have that? No, that's been <laughs> long gone. I thought that was like a funny outfit. I was like, where do we get this? And it was yours. <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to cut your hair for that role or was it just short at the time? It was short. This is my COVID hair. Yeah, actually my hair even goes through a couple changes in the course of the movie. If you, I don't know if you noticed. We said we shot this over Christmas of 2017. And then by the time we came back for those reshirts during the Emmys of 2018, I was already, I was working on American Horror Story for, you know, Apocalypse. And they actually like colored my hair dark and everything for that. So it was one of those things where like, I think I see it. I'm kind of like, it's one of those things it's so no subtle. Knows. I'm the only one that noticed. It goes yeah. with the mystery as well. I get. I didn't notice, to be honest. The mystery of like, how long has she been here? Because it knows like direct time. I don't think anyone comes in. You know, it's been two days. You should be on our side already. So kind of works well, with the storyline, well, I guess. Well, the, the one thing that's sort of a little secret you can tell 
how much time has passed is like when they have the security cam footage, different times or whatever. There's there's oh. dates and there's times there, and you can see maybe how much time has passed. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm. yeah. Didn't think to just do that. You know, Easter yeah. egg. <laughs> Was the camera in the room? Is that that in the last scene would be like I, I know you can't mention it, but if there was potential, that would be the see who's watching them sort of thing. Is that something that was a uh, we'll just chuck this scene in here to build up potential later on? I mean, yeah. I mean, there's some uh, breadcrumbs that are left, uh, you know, throughout the thing. Actually, if you go back and look, there's some other stuff too, which I won't tell you, but you can uh, you'll find maybe one day we'll have an article or something that'll tell you all the you know the different things oh, yeah. sort of like things there. We like, people, revealed. we like we like people like you know watching it multiple times to try to figure it out because there's, yeah. there's, there's sort of an enjoyment to that too. I mean, like listen, the story is a very like once it's revealed, it seems like ah okay now I know the secret, right? Like if you watch it you know multiple times, it's it's actually very rewarding. I will tell you that. Like people have said that they people have said it's one of their favorite movies of the year, which I'm we're we're just bowled over by to be honest. I mean that's they that's haven't a, been to the movie theater. Film. Yeah, that's right. Like well they, well they haven't been releasing a lot of really big movies, but the ones they have are fucking dogs, like dog shit. <laughs> I'm not you paying mean by default. <laughs> I'm not paying thirty dollars for Annabellum. <laughs> Like or like Mulan. Only movie I would have paid thirty dollars for, and even I, I, I didn't even because I was just like, it's a little too much money. Is that the Bill yeah. and Ted's movie? I really wanted to see that, but I was oh, like, yeah. you know what? I'll wait till it gets cheaper. I'll wait till it gets cheaper. Yeah, Mulan's gonna be on the <laughs> Disney <laughs> app anyway in like a month or something, probably for free anyway. Unless they're like, yeah, December. Never I can, put I it can on there wait. Yeah, and Naomi, what is it um, about horror movies that you love? Uh, well, I know you got listen, quite a few. I haven't seen them though. Just to... oh yeah, well, uh, no, the thing that I probably love about them the most is that they love me <laughs> that's that's all it takes like i mean come on i'm an actor like i just want to be like adored and and let's face it like the horror, horror fans are a whole special breed like i have i mean you know i went to acting school like most of my close friends are actors and many of them are on all kinds of you know big shows and yet you know the friends on the like procedural dramas or comedy they don't have a room with a hundreds of their own of their own image staring back at them like they don't it's crazy like that is something truly that's very like unique to horror horror movies and so yeah I it's honestly I I had no idea about this world it's so weird like I was all of a sudden like going to these like horror conventions but and I was like thrust into like epicenter and yet I had no idea idea that this world even existed until I was like, you know, in the center of it. I will say I'm, I'm a character actress. I, I always sort of fancied myself like I always dreamt of being on Saturday Night Live, which I'm sure you you must. Do you see there in Australia at all? Oh, yeah, yeah. We've got that. We used to, they used to give us okay. like a watered down version that was missing like 20 minutes. So like oh. it wasn't until I watched it full episodes. I'm like, wait, there's two songs? There's uh, so yeah. much stuff I didn't really sketch. I never stay awake I for the second song anyway. So I, yeah. I, I probably watched the Australian. Australian version. I always really dreamt of, I, that's what I always wanted to do, like sketch comedy, but like big, you know, over the top characters. And I'll be honest, while horror was not ever something I, you know, fancy doing necessarily, we'll say horror and really broad comedy like that, they do tend to um, really sort of celebrate big characters. Let's face it, Freddy Krueger is, is kind of an over the top character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's like a man with like a burned face and like 
razor gloves. Like this is, yeah, it's not naturalistic. This isn't like, this doesn't happen in life. Well, maybe 2020, but he's a showman. He he really is. And, and, but what I'm saying is Pepper only because she was sort of my, you know, breakout horror role is like actually could totally work in a Saturday Night Live sketch. You know what I mean? When you think about it, she's like right up there with like a Toonsis the cat, you name it, you know, like she's kind of, she's a big, crazy character. Now it's my job to understand the tone of the show I'm in. It's not Saturday Night Live. It's not, you know, (laughs) SNL, it's AHS. And to, you you know, yeah, I think that's the thing that I probably- did you burn the house down? You're like, ugh. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I, you know, I think um, that's what I really love about uh, about horror, to answer your question, is that, you know, it's it's a place where I can really let my freak flag fly, unlike other genres. Can't be weird in a romantic well, you know, comedy, you know, I guess. You know, or something. So well, off what Naomi is saying, like, I mean, she was mentioning that, like, there's no other fans like this, and it's true. I mean, there's like, there's not 220 like romantic comedy conventions, right? But there are <laughs> yeah, more than 220 true. like horror conventions, and she gets invited to like all of them because they love her and they're, they're lined up for her, and you know whatever else. And that, that's and and David, he was a little freaked out to do a, like kind of a horror movie. It's more of a you know psychological thriller, but he was worried that the horror audiences would not accept it because our movie is not like a really hardcore horror movie but that was not to be the case i mean they loved it like we had so many people that like you know we signed autographs and are like you want our autographs like why do you want our autographs like you know cults are in no but it was it was interesting but the other part about this movie that was interesting is that it was really the little movie that could in the way that had a so many bad things that happened, but then we we had like really bad luck, but then we'd have like good luck, right? Like this is like the dichotomy of this of this movie, you know, bad and good happening all the time throughout the entire not only production of it, but even the you know the release of it was just nuts, and we, and we couldn't have almost planned it better in a way. Like we, in, I'll give you a couple. Oh, like if it came out and COVID wasn't around, it might have got slipped through the cracks or something. But now it's suddenly like everyone's like, I need something to watch, and like this movie's amazing, and they're on well, social media all day. To, talk about it yeah no no exactly like we were supposed to have like a uh you know a premiere at the like arc light in hollywood which is the famous theater it's the old cinerama dome you know oh. uh, over there and we were supposed to you know have a red carpet and da, 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 and we were supposed to have like a you know 15 20 city release let's say it was like april 24th when was that when that was all supposed to happen and it was right during covid like and we were just like everything, everything's canceled all the theaters are shut down like what are you gonna do so we premiered on vod and the good luck was that like you said people watched it quite a lot and you know because people watched it so much netflix came to us and we're like hey we want to put you on in like august you know did all the podcasts did all the interviews kept it sort of like in the you know consciousness or the google sphere if you will of the world we yeah. were doing like three or four podcasts a week a couple months like we were doing these things that's why we can you know finish each other's sentences and so forth right yeah um, <laughs> i was trying and, to ask too many generic questions when we got to netflix let's say this if all our friends and friends and friends and friends and their friends like you know talked about this movie we could maybe get at a hundred thousand people well netflix has 80 million subscribers and that's the people that actually pay for it they're not it doesn't count the people that are you know sharing their uh passwords yeah. let's say right so it's probably double if you think about it to some extent right there's no way we can get at that many people actually ended up happening is that we had enough stuff out there enough kind of grassroots effort that we had done that we were able to sort of hit traction when we got into netflix as there was enough people like oh i've heard of that movie or you know there's a stickiness to the name one br and we debuted in the the top five for 
Netflix, uh, their top 10, they have a top 10 that you only see on your computer or on your mobile device. I don't know why it's not on my Apple TV for some reason, but it's just not there. Um, it's on our, we have a top 10 on the Australian one. Do you, do you have it on the, the your tele, do you have like a set top? Like a, a yeah, like Roku? if I watch it through the um, TV or the PlayStation, stuff like that, it, it comes up with the top 10 and all that sort of stuff. It's funny, like they don't do that in the States, but they do have it on the mobile. They do have it on the computers for some reason. I don't know what they're yeah. thinking. Anyway, so- Kind of annoying to anyone with the movie there, wouldn't it? They'd be like, what the hell? Well, we're, we're, we're number one. Show everyone. Well, well, the, well, the other thing we found out too is that, well, they, they, they have a, a newsletter that goes out like every day and it was in there. Like, so we're like, okay, at least oh, okay. some people know about it. What we found was that we hit the top five. Uh, we came out on a Sunday, the 23rd of August. We hit the top five on the Monday. And because it's not in real time, we just kind of like look at the whole day and said, okay, this is, this is the top, you know, 10 today right for the day before really to some extent congratulations and by the way. so we hit oh wait so we hit the top five and then we were you know four and four and two and that was thursday and we're like we might get to number one like from all the movies they have in here so we were like telling our friends like put it on repeat i don't care if you're fucking watching it or not <laughs> they just keep on hitting it, like you know whatever which we found out later they don't they counted if you've watched two minutes basically is the idea so oh, they okay. like, yeah we could just you know whatever it's nice to know now right like i had it running like all day long for five yeah. days <laughs> driving my so crazy with it you know not, not that i've not seen it enough but friday was the 28th we hit number one and i know this uh because i check it every day at 4 30 in the morning a 4 30 a.m in the morning they would switch over the top 10 because i'm a little obsessive and stuff and i happen to be in the bathroom on the toilet uh you know because it's 4 30 in the morning and i just woke up and then i discovered we were number one and i screamed like a little schoolgirl. and my wife was like what's going on honey and i'm like we're number one we're number one <laughs> and so like oh you silly man come back to bed and i'm like no 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 i have to crow about this i have to crow about this <laughs> i'm not saying i do our, do our social media Just yelling it out the uh, windows well right like but i online though right i'm not saying that i do our social media allegedly there, there may be many people who do the social media let's just say but no it was like a real moment of like you know we'd gone through all this shit to get to this place and like we had our actors who were so helpful like naomi and uh, naomi above and beyond everybody but uh but you know our other actors like taylor nichols and everybody else who like could come on podcasts with us would do interviews would do whatever and really help this little film that really should have disappeared the first week it came out on vod you know because there's just so much other stuff usually coming out and you just get lost but they helped us get to number one and that and that and, and not only gun to number one but stay like we were in the top five for like you know eight nine days you know we talked to the netflix people and they're like oh my gosh you guys are bleeding across all these different genres like you know usually we, you know, we look at one but you guys are if you look at the netflix sort of uh, they have like columns and stuff right yeah you'll find us like in eight columns like in the movie section like we're in eight different columns and then like if you look in the horror section we're like in seven different columns and if you look in the thriller section we're in like seven different you know i mean i, I look every day still so i know <laughs> fresh yeah. in my mind what these things are we've, we've told you this sort of like story but we haven't even told you the horrible things that happened oh so, yeah i was wondering if you meant like you know everyone's going behind the scenes where it's like you know on the set of the exorcist the well, you know I, the person died this happened well that you want to talk about it or is oh we can you know what? i'm gonna have naomi grossman tell this story because mm. i think it's very good at doing this well, uh, where uh, where to begin um with the casting uh, uh you have sure. three stories to to choose from i think casting, you should tell, I, sh I think you should tell them all and just tell them fast the casting was a, a real challenge i mean obviously they had me basically they they had another woman lined up to play sarah the the lead role and this was the same woman who was apparently quite the diva had in her rider that she needed this feminine en energy drink oh, uh, okay. which <laughs> you recall a loke like drove across town like yeah. fine because apparently like the when they called the company, they could only get 
you know, the truck in like by the, you know, three days late. And, you know, it looks God. like, you know, he's thorough. He wants amazing. I wouldn't do that. I'd be like, too bad. Here's some red. Yeah. <laughs> Grow a pair. Vag up. Okay. No, but um, while it's not the one were... who played Sarah now, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Someone else. Okay. I don't even know who this person is. But, you know, she had a, a decent Instagram. And sadly, that is what money grubbing producers like Alok are interested in. There you go. So for any <laughs> aspiring actors out there, you don't have to read Red check off at Ibsen apparently you don't even have to go to school you just need an Instagram begging the manager to please go in the back just look for it I, I, I really think you might have some the manager goes off while they're waiting for him they get a phone call from this actress's agent apparently she's out no explanation not only is she out but her friend boyfriend we don't know but the guy that was lined up to play Brian is out as well so it's like they've just lost two of their lead and here comes back the man manager with found a couple cases in a local yeah. we don't need it just I sort of like it. norma desmond's out and um you know <laughs> what does a loke do when he's in a, a a really stressful situation uh like losing basically all the <laughs> money that he just uh has allegedly uh mortgage has already paid for a house for so basically he and shane bornster his uh producing partner go to a, a, a bar to try to you know figure things out and that's when they got a phone call from the actress that was lined up to play Susan Davis's role, the, um, what's her name? Miss Stan Stanhope. Miss Stanhope, the elderly lady. They get a call from her agent. Apparently that actress's uh, husband has been rushed to the hospital and is now dead. Oh. So <laughs> she's out. So they have literally lost, this is on like a Monday. They're shooting on a, or we're shooting on Thursday and they've just lost three of their, th their leads. Sucks. I don't know why they didn't just offer for me i could have played all those roles i'm a character actress if we've established yeah. it'd be I real could... for snl of course exactly <laughs> but that was not on the table we're able to push back the shooting to i want to say from thursday to monday of the next week so they that bottom like four days five days whatever still not much to do what they did uh they ended up reaching out obviously to sarah uh, or i mean sorry nicole by Bryden bloom who played sarah who was actually david marmer's first pick like we said he's a very smart guy he knows what's up but of course Alok is the money growing producer in any case it actually no really nice. ended up working out in every way not only because Nicole knocked it out of the park and I mean she came in with three hours to work with David which is nothing to carry I mean she's in literally like every frame of this film and she yeah, yeah she killed it you know it also really worked out because she was uh, she's the only non-local like she came in from New York to shoot this with us and the rest of us like you know we live here we're like oh, where are you going tonight? What are you doing? You know, and she's like yeah. sitting in my Hilton hotel, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Jesus. Like she's sort of, you know, she was definitely like fish out of water, kind of like the odd man out, which I think probably helped her ultimately as an actor. Yeah, it sounds exactly end. like the character almost. Yeah, the Brian character, uh, they ended up, um, you know, again, like Alok and, and Shane were like on the phone, like with like Gersh and like Blumhouse and like all their friends in, you know, in Hollywood and in horror uh, saying, you know, stay open please we like we need you they ended up um finding um giles who played uh, brian uh, 
he was in route from San Francisco, driving home, apparently, but just pulled over the side of the road to, you know, flip through the script on his phone. Didn't read the script, of course. He just sort of um, <laughs> scanned and make sure it wasn't like a porno. Uh, you know, read his parts, because that's what we do. You guys give us so much credit. You think we're really thinking thoughtfully about our roles? No, we're just like, uh, okay, yeah, I'll do it. So yeah, You'll he, do it if there's more porn or less? Well, it depends um, <laughs> on who you are. How much are you paying? Yeah, exactly. So anyway, Giles was in. That was uh, fortuitous. And then uh, the Susan Davis, again, Alok just got a hold of her reel. And uh, at the end of it, there was a phone number that said, you know, and he dialed it and she answered. And of course, he was like, oh, this is awkward. This is highly inappropriate. You know what? I'm just going to pitch a pitch of the movie and I'm going to pitch up. And he did. And uh, she was, you know, oh, well, I've never I, I've never done a cult movie before. <laughs> and that was, uh, and boom. You could have easily was, played her. Exactly. Uh, actually, my mom could have easily played her, which is- famous. <laughs> no, it's, I'm not even kidding. My mom is like the only person on that set that did not actually wind up as an extra at some point in the movie. It just so happened that again, because they shot when they shot, like Christmas, the Emmys, like, of course my mom's in town. Like my mom never comes. Like I have not seen my mother since December, but you know, that's when my mom's visit. But of course, they I couldn't swear I'm use actually her. busy. I'll show you. They couldn't use her because, you know, she looked too much like Miss Stanhope. Like she's, you know, this white haired old lady. And it's like confusing. Like, oh, wait, I thought we just killed the white haired lady. And oh, spoiler. <laughs> but, you know, it, it like didn't make sense to have like another one running. We could have really taken care of all of your needs alone. Then we would have cheated you out of this amazing story. And see. <laughs> so that, that was one of the disasters that befalled us. We also had fires right before. Like, if you look, if you go back and look at the what they call the Mulholland fire, it happened Christmas of 2017, and it happened like the week before we were supposed to start two or a week and a half before we start we were supposed to start shooting. And Smoky. like, and what happened was that like our the pr production office we were using, which was um, Epicenter's uh, office, is on the other side of the freeway from the fire, and then the fire jumped over the freeway, and then we we, we couldn't go to the office because they didn't know if it was burned down or not, and we kept on looking at Google Earth to see if we could see if it was burned oh, yeah. down or not, and you couldn't because it's just the whole thing is just a white plume of smoke and fire and ash and whatever. And so we had to move everything to my house. But thankfully the office did not burn down, though it got very close, let's say that. So then the other disaster that befalled us was that uh, day like seven or eight. Befalled? Befell. Befalled? Befalled? Yeah, sorry. I'm a grammar befell. Nazi. You wouldn't befell say befalled. I fall. Right. Befell us. <laughs> um, now I've had about a beer and a half, so I feel like I'm okay though. I have very strong beers I drink. I don't drink this like pussy shit. <laughs> Hot pussy shit. No, I'm kidding. Um, so <laughs> Definitely not beer, hot. Uh, the other disaster that befell us was that uh, day seven or eight, I got a text in the middle of the night, which I don't answer because I'm sleeping because we're working like 18, 19 hour days. It's that something really bad has happened, but I think it's going to be okay. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it's mysterious. I get up in the morning and I'm like, what the fuck happened? Let's just let's talk about it. You know, and they're like, um, in the middle of the night, we parked all our production trucks right next to our office, right? And there's like three trucks in a row. And it's on this, you know, it's in a nicer part of town. Their offices are in, in what's considered bell air which you know supposed to be nice and what happens is that in the middle of the night like 2 30 in the morning this white escalade pulls up and these like three guys get out and they break into the first truck within seven or eight minutes they are off and running away 
with the truck. Oh. What they don't know is that there's a parking PA, there's a person, an actual live person that's sitting in the middle truck watching this all happen. Right? <laughs> and so this guy <laughs> like gets in his car and then chases the truck, but like follows the truck. He's not chasing them, but he's following them. He's tailing them, if you will. Uh, he's a bit of an adre- adrenaline junkie, I suppose, in this regard. And like this guy's on, he's on the, oh, he was a hero. Uh, he's on the phone with the police and he's uh, talking to them and they're like, sir, you need to stand down. And he's like, I will not, st- <laughs> I will not stand down. I will not stand down until you were behind this truck and in pursuit of them yourselves, you know? And so he, uh, he, he, they drive across, you know, a couple different freeways and there's a, a very iconic Felix the Cat sign that's really right next to USC. You might've seen it in different movies or whatever. And that's where it all goes down. Like that's when the, the helicopter uh, light flashes down on the truck and then three cop cars rush in. And this guy oh, wow. tries to gun it, tries to get away. And he gets off the freeway and he's trying to gun a truck and it's, you're not going to get away. Once that once the helicopter lights on you, you're pretty much done. That's just the rule of thumb. Yeah. Any high-speed chase in Los Angeles, you know, whether it's night or day or whatever, they're going to catch you. This guy gets pulled over and caught at this uh, this Chevron gas station slash McDonald's. And and here's the, here's the thing. Like, you always say, you know, oh, the police are so, you know, the police brutality is, is out of control. We're so nice to this fucking guy. Can I tell you what? <laughs> like, they pulled him out. Where's and, that like, brutality when we want it? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the really crazy thing. This guy's a very handsome felon. He's very uh, handsome. And Naomi will tell you. She's like, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Leaving the likey. doors unlocked every night. <laughs> <laughs> mommy, mommy likey. <laughs> so what happens is that this guy gets Stole pulled my out. And, and by the way, he's on, this is all on television, by the way. At this point, it's on television. Oh, no. Which is which is on the um, the American Blu-ray. Sadly, not on the Australian DVD. I, oh. I just found that out for sure. Unfortunately, it's not on there. But if you get the, you want to pay for it, you can get the one from Amazon or whatever and uh, have it shipped. It's going to cost you a little more, but it's worth it. It's for the worth extras. it. It's worth it. Absolutely. I'm, ladies, gay men, it's worth it. <laughs> the handsome felon is handsome for a reason. Anyway, so this is, this is we we don't even tell our director about this. Like, we just keep shut the fuck up about it and we just like, we, we, we try to solve this problem and get it solved and we start an hour late. And he has no idea. We're just like, all right, cool. I'll get extra time to do my notes and, you know, whatever and da da da. Yeah. We, don't, we don't tell him to the <laughs> rap party. Cool. And then we don't even tell the cast until we actually premiere at Fantasia Fest in Montreal. We're doing a Q&A and then we're like, and, and the Q&A guy's like, oh, I think we have footage for this. And like, they show the footage of the guy, you know, getting arrested <laughs> and being pulled out of the thing. And then again, that's not, this is on the Blu-ray, but um, on the American Blu-ray. But um, so yeah, so all this stuff happens and like, you know, it turns out this guy, this is like a, a production truck stealing ring. And they were trying to drive this truck down to Tijuana and like, you know, sell all everything. And the guy, he's new to the ring. Handsome fellow is new to the ring and he decides to turn state's evidence. And he's uh, he's supposed to pay us restitution, uh, but I have never seen a die. And I don't ever think we will. Uh, you know, we have a lot of plans for him. We're like- Starring we're in the next movie. <laughs> he can work it off. Well, I have this fantasy where he's my monkey butler. And he, I, I just like- Monkey Butler, come, you know, <laughs> bring me my Fanta, you know, or bring me whatever it is. <laughs> and then uh, Naomi has a fantasy where maybe like, you know, if it's a sequel, <laughs> she's without a husband now. And maybe, you know, Jan- it's Janice's sexual awakening. And this guy can play like one of her many conquests or maybe really date her in real life. I don't know. I mean, I think that was talked about. We talked about. Yeah. I mean, I, mean I just can't believe like we're friends and yet you kept this from me until like May of the next year in Canada at our our, 
at the premiere. Like I'm like all this time you like you know I'm single. But I mean he's I in jail. He's in, he's in he's in jail though. I mean he's in jail for all we know. Like so he's uh, probably white. not gonna ghost me. Like <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I know where that's he a great is. Story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's 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 one of the other disasters that befell us. Befell us. Um, Did you from now on just put like a poster or that whatever movie you're making on top of your trucks and on the off chance they get stolen again? So when they're doing like the footage and all that sort of stuff, it's like free promotion. I don't wish that on marketing. Anyone. Like, I mean, if, if you think about that for independent film, if we had lost our whole truck full of lights, like mm-hmm. you'd lose a day at least, you know, and you're on a 15 day shoot, like that would have just killed us. Like it could have been like, you know, there are a lot of times where this production almost was dead in the water. I mean, we, we lost everybody on a Criminals Monday on a Thursday we were supposed to shoot. That was fucking nuts. We were able to just scramble and cast and actually, you know, upcast actually, upcast like everything. We got very lucky. Like I said, bad luck, good luck, right? Like, so that's sort of the story of this production. And then, you know, at the end of the day, we are very lucky. Like we are super lucky. Like a film of this size with, with no budget, it's a no budget, should not have been the number one film on Netflix. Forbes wrote an article uh, on the Friday we hit number one. They were like, who the hell is this little movie that just <laughs> took out Jamie Foxx's Project Power from the number one spot? Had Project Power gone one, Project Power had been number one for 13 days in a row. Had it been the 14th day, it would have set the record for the year. But we came up <sighs> and we fucked up Jamie Foxx. And we sent him a little, we sent him a little note on like uh, on uh, Twitter. We were like, hey, sorry, player. Sorry to take you out like that. But like, you know, <laughs> game game recognizes game. And, and he never, he never wrote it. He never wrote us back. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny to like, you know. You're better to, than to, Project Power. I mean, some people think so, but that's like an $80 million movie. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think actually Project Power was bad. I thought it was going to be bad, but it actually wasn't too bad. Just the fact that we, you know, finished this thing and were able to be lucky enough to be successful. It was just a lot of hard work, but it, it paid off, I think, you know. And, and it's, been, it's been popular all over the world. Um, like we we just opened in Scandinavia a couple weeks ago and we were like um, you know top five on iTunes for like you know three weeks you know for, uh, Norway Finland Denmark forgetting once uh, Sweden and you get you know, these delayed bursts because you're opening up countries like months apart so it's like you said like it's coming out in Australia in the second I think you said or Monday Australia suddenly like hey especially if they put it on the Netflix or whatever soon enough that's a whole group of people a whole country suddenly realizing this movie because when you see it suddenly you don't know it's been around for a year or whatever else it's like brand new movie have you seen this one yet well yeah it's, everyone's it's talking it, again it becomes it gets its own traction after a certain point but i think the thing of it is that we we were also very strategic about our you know rotten tomatoes stuff and usually rotten tomatoes is a matter for horror movies it really doesn't ours is again not a horror movie it's also a thriller and i don't know how it works i don't think your itunes works the same as ours but if you go to itunes no. for example in the u.s your rotten tomato score is right there next to it so if people oh, okay. are like kind of discerning film like you know film goers they're like oh wow it's <laughs> kind got of an annoying got an 88% percent rotten tomatoes you can, you can actually toggle it off and toggle it all and i I've, I've discovered actually but um oh yeah if you have a, if you have any if you have anything that's over um you know certified fresh which is like you know 70 or 75 or whatever it is then you want it out there you want to have people saying that this is the thing and so we can we work fought, or work against you yeah totally it's all absolutely you know if, if it was bad i'd be like i oh, don't you know if you can do different things to your own rotten tomatoes to make things be what they're not you know over there too you have the power to control your own page apparently to some extent but uh, there was a moment when a loke actually 
literally texted me and was like, hey, can you download the movie? Okay, yeah. It's just that we're like 87% on Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes. If we get a, a few <laughs> more people to, you know, purchase, maybe we'll be 88. We, yeah, it, 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 really? Like, are you really sending like individual texts? Like he's like actually responding back and forth with me. Who has time for that? He's going <laughs> one at a time through his Ross phone Roots, baby. Like, no, no. Hey, well, actually I was offered, let's be honest here. This is what it was. Like we were like number, I wanted to do as an experiment to see how you could manipulate iTunes. Could you manipulate iTunes? Say you were number five, right? Your top five right now. And it's 11.30 on a Wednesday night. If I get 20 friends to buy this thing right now, which I paid for, by the way, I could, you know, Venmo people the money or whatever. Could you move up to the number oh, one yeah. spot? That was the Gives question it. I had in my head. I wanted to see, what, what was I willing to invest? Like, I mean, I think we were like, am I willing to spend 150 bucks to learn the answer to that question? <laughs> Hell yes, I want to spend 150 bucks. Like, actually, truth be told, we were like number, I think, eight, and it moved us up to like number five, doing it targeted, a targeted buy, a targeted, like, and because you got, we got our friends to all do it, like at, at 1130, yeah. I don't know, you know. Anyway, it was, an, it was an interesting experiment. And then, of course, I tell all my friends to like, give us a high score on IMDb, give us a high score on Rotten Tomatoes, because there's so many sons of bitches. Like, the troll culture is just the shittiest thing now. Yeah, yeah it's almost like if you don't like it, just don't rate it. Stop ruining it. They what don't do that with like ride sharing things in eBay. Everything about them is like five stars only. And then like, you know, God forbid you gave four. Why did you do this? But with movies, it seems like it's almost like the reverse. Well, I can't give it a five. It's not Citizen well, I mean, Kane or some shit. It's funny. I, I read this review today. It was, it was an Australian review actually. And the guy gives it oh, a no. review. Oh no. Sandbag me. No, no, no. It's, a, it's like a love letter review. But <laughs> at the end me. of the day, he gives us like 5.8 out of 10. <laughs> It's like really like you're getting with that kind of review in terms of like all the words and I mean, I, I was even gonna write like a nice because I always announce our like or you know our positive reviews I don't ever announce the, the shitty ones or whatever but then it kind of gave me pause to say like should I actually release I'm gonna I'm gonna put it up actually but like because it was a really nice review but for some reason he was just like 5.8 I can't commit to a 10 I'm sorry like that's yeah nothing's ever a 10 I don't expect it I I know what we are we're not like we, there's other people that are like oh well you know this, this Sarah girl this the girl that played Sarah really can't act at all. Are you nuts? Like, she has yeah. an amazing performance. Feel bad like, for her, like, the entire movie. Nothing goes right for her. It starts bad, like, she's got kind of shitty, the job sucks, and then she gets here, and you're like, oh, good, finally some hope. No, it's even worse. <laughs> and then it's like, she finally gets a redemption towards the end. You're like, I'm free! And then he's like, go, go! And then, like, you see the alarms go off, and you're like, oh, you're like, she's got no yeah. hope in this movie. Well, we don't know that she got away or didn't, right? It's, uh, oh, yeah. A holder, uh, you could Who keep knows? running. Who knows? Maybe, she, maybe she's a fast runner. Let's well, yeah, see. no one ran out of the houses. So I guess there wasn't like the whole, like, suddenly there's a thousand people and you're like, oh, yeah, now you're dead. Yeah, we didn't have enough extras. I didn't want to be in that scene, too. <laughs> <laughs> Just copy and paste the same person a ton of time. Yeah, yeah, we had to force gump the shit out of, like, you know, like those crowds and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One question and a statement to Naomi. I think you're the most iconic person from the entire franchise of the horror story. Do you agree at all? I'm just, your accent, I'm telling you. You can say <laughs> anything. But the fact that you're complimenting me and it's a lot. It's a lot for me. Um, thank you. I, I, I have a question. Are, are you single? <laughs> I'm sadly not, but it, I'm, I'm like if we talk, I'll, I'll start moving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a poor girlfriend. I'm kidding. <laughs> Do you find that a lot of other people feel that as well? Like out of all the same, because you have a kind of a recurring character as well. You've, the actresses, like you got Sarah or whoever like that. You're like, oh yeah, I'm, like they're recognizable. But I feel like your character just stands out so much. Like if anyone's going to be like, you know, here's 10 characters, pick one that you remember the most. It's always be yours, I reckon. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Are you a fan I mean, favorite for people? 
Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't mean it sounds gross coming from me, but yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, look at that. Look at that room she's in, right? All those I people mean, made that art for her. Oh, they, wow. They, they, they like here. I was going to, I wonder if there were dolls for you. Yeah, yeah. Here's well, my he, Pepper Pop figure. And oh, I mean, I've got. People make shit for her. They give her, when, when she does an appearances, let's say, right? And oh, I would love wow. to go on one of these, Naomi, one day. I swear to God, I really would like to. Just yeah. It, like, uh, but they like, they line up and like, I mean, she has entire auditoriums that come hear her talk and then they just give her this stuff like, hey, can I, I wanted to give this to you because you're, you know, your character is so vulnerable and I feel vulnerable and I want, I identify with your character. And I think that's one of the big things about that Make character. Me feel pretty. Like, they, there's something, that poor character has been shit on, you know what I mean? As far as the mm. actual Pepper character, people identify with it and they really just like feel a kinship to her and then she is so sweet and turned to them and they're like, ah, oh, I want to give me this picture I drew of you or I painted of you or whatever. And then, you know, she also always shows it on her social media and stuff. And she's like, you know, she's a friend of the fan for sure. I could say just from seeing her stuff. I mean, you know, on social media and stuff like that. But I don't think I don't think there's any other character on American Horror Story that gets the fan adoration that she does in the amount in the, that she does. Yeah, that room answered that question completely. <laughs> I, was yeah. like, I thought, oh, maybe that you've got a couple things there. That's pretty cool. I didn't realize the entire room. It's... No, whole room. It's um it's true though. I mean, I just I've, I've actually had had a suitor uh, come into this room and say, oh, narcissist much? How many pictures of yourself do you need looking at you? And it's like, yeah, this isn't going to work. The way I see it, my art inspired others' art. And like, how amazing is that? Like, I, I, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm a film buff and a theater lover. And I, like, I've been moved by a million performances, but never so much that I like sat down and like drew a picture and then like went out and like sought that person to like give it to them. I mean, that's really, that's really something. And when I first got into this business, I always kind of thought this was sort of a, it was sort of a selfish pursuit. Definitely like not being like a frontline worker or like a, a, a doctor, nurse, or, you know, firefighter. And yet I, I do feel that like my art does do something for people, <laughs> especially like now, nowadays, like people are looking to performers and, and, and dependent upon Netflix, you know, to get them through this difficult time. And, and so it's cool to me the thing that, you know, I'm actually contributing. This is not just about me, me, me wanting to, you know, see myself on screen. It's actually like giving something to the audience that in turn, you know, gives something back to me. It's, it's like a beautiful exchange. And yes, I love my fans. I remember like when I would post something, I have like my Facebook, my friend page that I had long before Pepper. And then of course, the fan page that I started just at the beginning of Pepper, I was like, I have a feeling this is going to be a thing. Yeah. So I just created this thing. I didn't ask anyone to like me. I just left it there. And then bam, 300,000 K fans wow. like over, like in, I don't know where, I don't know where they came from, but I would post the same thing on my friend page and my fan page. And I mean, my friends, these are people that like actually knew me that I like grew up with, you know, like held my hair when I needed to puke. They don't <laughs> like my stuff. Stuff, the same stuff. I mean, of course, the, the page with the 300,000 fans is going to get some more likes than the one with the like 5,000 cap or whatever. Still, it's like hate is going to hate. My fans love me more than They're my jealous. Own friends. It's sad and it's, but it's real. Yeah. This gay couple was having like a American Horror Story themed wedding. And oh, wow. um, I remember them asking me if I could officiate the wedding. Like they wanted to be married by Pepper. I was going to be out of town at the time so I was like I pa 
passed. But then as it turns out, my commitment fell through and I was like, oh, actually I am free. And they're like, oh, we already got a Madonna impersonator instead. But like, (laughs) would you be our ring bearer? And I was like, yeah, why not? (laughs) <laughs> like, I didn't know where to be. So sure enough, I like I'm the real the ring. And, and and to this day, like they're like my friends now. It's who to thunk it. Being her friend and just, you know, going along with her on her adventures, let's say like she's like, hey, you want to come to this like gay bar with me tonight to watch, watch the episode of American Horror Story? Because these guys are going to host us and they're going to get us drunk and they're going to do a, like a horror puppet show afterwards. And I was like, <laughs> this sounds fascinating. I need to go see this. And I'll tell you, homegirl, like the gay dude's love her i mean gay people in general love her i think it's because like you know pepper is but you know she is like persecuted and so forth they feel persecuted and so there's sort of a kinship there in that regard let's say but we, we went down to this like you know place and had the we went there a couple times actually we went actually with them for uh meep oh yeah passed away like he was in freak show uh smaller gentleman who got like oh yeah hit by a car so, uh, just something terrible but anyway but we all went there and hung out it was so much fun and we got to see the love and see her getting loved and it was really kind of cool like it was interesting to see like the real sort of band and adoration in real time. That's why I think I really want to go and see some like uh, convention with you one day. Once, once we get out of this nonsense or whatever. No, or it's true. Bit. Well, especially because living in LA, <laughs> living in LA, like we don't see that much here. You know what I mean? Here, it's kind of like eh, my Uber driver is more famous than you. You know what I mean? It's like there's mm-hmm. ev- there's always somebody famouser. You know what I mean? Whereas you know when you go to Cincinnati or whatever, they usually announce me coming, and it's a thing. You know, so yeah. Uh, yeah so moments like you know like you said at that gay bar for example are a little a glimpse of what it's like when you like leave los angeles and you know what it's like it's it it can be not that there's any cincinnati and that gay bar have actually nothing in common but i'm just saying like the fan reaction for sure i'm so happy like i should have like done research i just wanted to ask you directly when i realized i'm like it's pepper holy crap i was like yeah out of all the characters you're the one like and you're consistent you're in like loads of them it's so good but crazy Aww. It's so good. It's good to hear that, like that people love that character so much. I guess they would like they kind of that then some you know one of the main ones. Like, why do I have to feel bad? Does it take forever? Like, I know this is such like a question you get asked a billion times. Does it take forever to do that, or did the makeup? Yes, yeah, so this is like a two and a half to three hour commitment. But I can't I mean, even imagine that. <laughs> I'm trying to like be like cover the hair. Or... This is uh, one of my ears that just happened to like come down when I brought the IMDb um, <laughs> statue down. That was like one of the few things that I. I actually jacked from the set. I didn't, I think this is pretty much all I've got. The makeup was, uh, it was like a good two and a half to three hour affair. There was the prosthetic nose, brow, uh, ears, uh, teeth, a wonky eye. Of course, I had a fat suit and they shaved my head and, you know, had a little, well, in the case of uh, Asylum, they actually shaved everything except for the top um, and I just wore a wig around. And then uh, in the case of Freak Show, they actually shaved it all and um, actually gave gave me kind of like a little piece, like a little hair yarmulke. Mostly because I think uh, the my the, my husband, the uh, salty character, was actually a bald dude with big ears. And so he, <laughs> like, it was sort of unfair that I'd have to walk around with this, like, it's bonkers hairdo, and he just got to, like, live his life. You know, it was better. Like, especially <laughs> in New Orleans, like-, like, it's hot at AF there, especially, like, July. So I was just as well. Who needs hair? But, yeah, the makeup was, um, it was remarkable. 
people. They uh, and that was just when the, that was just my face. Um, in the case of like the freak orgy, which episode one of uh, season four, they actually yeah. gave me like a full like man chest. Well, first I had to like they made an impression of my chest, which they then created this like you know man boobs on top of. But then from there, once it's, it was made, then they had to like just like glue it to me and uh, and then paint it. Oh, and but but before that, you know they like sewn each hair into the nipple. I mean, it was really, oh, it, wow. it really involved. <laughs> and the whole thing um, took about, you know, six hours to, to apply. And I'll never forget, like the, the producers, one of them saw me on set just wandering around with my like diaper and man boobs on. And he was like, <gasps> somebody get Pepper a, a robe, like Pepper's walking around. <laughs> and I was, I'm wearing more here than I would wear to the beach. Like I'm not, <laughs> this is not what I look like naked. Like, Thanks for not knowing the difference. <laughs> Right, exactly. Like you haven't been clicking on the clickbait. I'm actually a secret real life hottie. Yeah. So I've been working uh, during quarantine, my next one woman show, which is kind of a thing. Uh, A couple solo shows that I did prior to Pepper actually called, one was called Girl in Argentine Landscape. It's like my coming of age story. And then the other is called Carnival Knowledge. And it's sort of my come of age uh, once I've like moved to Los Angeles and uh, looking for love in all the wrong places um and now this third uh i'm gonna take a cue from alok and you know jj the shit or from uh, shit out of it i can't tell you what's in the box uh, per se very 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 excited with it it you know i worried because the other two even though i'm very successful as solo shows go like you know let's face it it's not gonna it's not like gonna be number one on you know it's not like it's not like one br one on netflix or anything but my shows went from everywhere from Edinburgh in Scotland to the West End in London to off Broadway in New York. So like, oh, I mean, wow. I'm, 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 you know, I'm very proud of them. I was nominated for an LA Weekly Theater Award for, for one of them. And the point is they, I'm very pleased with them. And so that's why I was nervous with this one coming up. I was like, oh, I don't know. Like those are pretty big shoes to fill. I don't want to They're disappoint, unlucky. especially now that I have more people looking at me like, how's this going to go? But the fact is I have no doubt it's going to be a thing. And I'm really excited. And especially now, you know, my real hope, even before COVID, was that this, uh, that I could, you know, sell it to a streaming service and have it be like one of these one hour specials. And the fact is now we're not going, we're not gathering in theaters anytime soon. Like it's probably more likely for me to have that happen than yeah. the old fashioned way, you know? So like that's the best that's thing that's you can hope exciting. for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's again, one of those sorts of like lucky, I mean, it hasn't happened yet. So I need to stop talking about it but well, you know what this could actually this could be great and yes my money grabbing producer friend <laughs> he agrees no doubt alok what do you got next i think i went a little into it didn't i i said um we're yeah. doing something with um armor we're doing something with um all oh, right something shooting and whatever so i think, I think i'll take my time because i already did it before to just say listen if you like the movie please tell your friends i would tell you you know the word of mouth for a little movie like this is so invaluable because you know when we test movies for example there's a score there's a question questionnaire that says like you definitely recommend it to a friend and if you definitely recommend it to a friend and you have a high one of those scores it's a great thing and our movie actually does have that but thankfully because I think people you know who watch it like it is very little rejection of it usually unless you you know fucking have a problem with roasting a cat and you know because it's not real by the way people um uh, tell your friends tell, tell your friends because the thing of it is that you telling your friends is better than any trailer we can cut it is literally like that gives it so much more sort of credence and, and street cred or whatever that's street cred is what I'm trying to say it gives it so much more of that than anything else we can do like 
you telling your friends. So if you love it, please, please let your friends know. If you don't like it, then uh, shut up. Don't let them. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) keep it to yourself. So that's that's what I would tell you. And, um, you know, if you want to follow us on Twitter or some shit, like I don't know, I'm an old person, but I'm, you know, trying to figure this stuff out. And like 1BR underscore film is our Twitter. And uh, it's very 1BR film. And, you know, if you don't follow, you'll kill them is the promotion thing this week. I, I don't, I don't know who's controlling that account, but there's a lot of fun stuff where they like, you know, they try to invite people to dinner parties and stuff. A lot of times they're like, who invites who to dinner parties? I understand. Well, so somebody on that account, whoever's controlling that controlling that account, often invites people on Twitter who say like, oh, this movie is crazy AF, and be like, oh, it's crazy as it's crazy AF. We're crazy AF. We're down the street from you. <laughs> Why don't you come over for a dinner party? <laughs> stuff like that. Because you know they're always trying to get Corsair to come over for a dinner party, and so uh, you know there's that. We have a lot of fun. I mean, we are a minion. Let's put it that way. We are, we are, we are the legion. We are legion. We are legion. Sorry, not minion. We are legion. There's so many of us controlling that account. I don't know who's, you know, doing whatever, but uh, sometimes we'd say a lot of funny stuff. So just go follow the account. If you can, that's all I was going to say. Boom, done. If you've liked what you've heard today and want to reach out to the Creepy Crap Podcast, here's how you can do it. You can reach me at Twitter at CreepyCrapPod. That's CreepyCrapPod on Twitter. Or you can check out the podcast-related videos on YouTube at CreepyCrapPodcast. Subscribe to the channel on there. CreepyCrapPodcast is also on Facebook. You can follow the page on there like that. Or you could get the personal page, Daniel Crapstar. That's Facebook, CreepyCrapPodcast, or Daniel Crapstar. And for the main home of the podcast, you can follow on Instagram at the CreepyCrapPodcast. You can send a message there, talk about a collaboration, suggest a movie, talk about promos, any of that good stuff that's the creepy crap podcast on instagram and if you want to suggest the podcast to someone else you can get me on all the major podcast platforms that's right that's spotify itunes stitcher google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of them you can go on there you can rate leave a review like follow all that good stuff download some episodes that's on all the major podcast platforms that's where you can listen or follow the creepy crap podcast so thank you, Creepy Crapsters, for listening to guest episode four of the Creepy Crap Podcast, Australia's favourite horror podcast with your host, Daniel Craig, with special guests Alok Mistra and Naomi Grossman. What an honour to talk about 1BR, their brand new movie that's coming out tomorrow in Australia, but it's also out in other countries. So that's Apartment 1BR, 1BR, whatever you want to call it, that's the movie we talked about. Alok Mistra and Naomi Grossman, I cannot believe they're on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for listening. And to finish off the episode we've got rat bat spider with a great little track called vampire ticks from outer space so that's rat bat spider it's a horror punk band worth checking out it is amazing what a great band what a fucking killer track you'll hear it you'll love it that's rat bat spider check them out y'all anyway that was guest episode four alok mishra naomi grossman i cannot believe it oh my god what a great guest they were so good to talk to and what a great song to finish off the episode so that was the creepy crap podcast Podcast, Australia's favorite horror podcast with your host Daniel Craig. Thank you, creepy crapsters, for listening. I'll catch you on the next one.